0: Next, we go to the first program in the Mickey Mouse Theater series done on our birthday 17 years before we were even thought of. As we go back to the Mickey Mouse Theater, program number one, January 2nd,
1: 1938. The Pepsodent Company presents Mickey Mouse with Minnie, Donald Duck, and all the gang. Radio, 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 who's the radio, la la
0: la la Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. A new year, a new radio show. It is with pleasure that the Pepsodent Company brings you the first in a new series of programs starring the characters made famous by Walt Disney. First, let me introduce your friend, my friend, the friend of all the world, Mickey Mouse.
1: <laughs> Hi, folks. <laughs> It gives me great pleasure... Woo, 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 woo. Pluto, go home. Ha. It gives me great pleasure... Woo, 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 woo. Pluto, go home. Woo, 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 woo. Ha. It gives me great pleasure... Well,
0: Mickey, welcome to radio. Pluto,
1: go home. I mean, oh, gosh. I, I guess I'm a little mixed up, Mr. Heapen. That's
0: okay, Mickey. Well, how does it feel to be a radio star?
1: Oh, well, so far. <laughs> oh, gee, it's Minnie. How do You do, everybody. There's a, a big bunch of flowers somebody sent you. Oh, my, aren't they gorgeous? Yeah, pink petunias. Oh, oh isn't it really? It just takes my breath away. Why don't you read the card? All right, to Miss Minnie Mouse, my favorite radio star, with love and kisses
2: from. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> Thank you. They're wonderful.
1: They ought to be. Cost a dollar. <laughs> Well, that
0: was a splendid entrance, Donald. That's right. The only the only trouble is nobody could understand a word you said. Oh,
1: and Put it out, put it out. Huh, that big stiff is Mr. Easton, our announcer. Well,
0: Nick's on that Goldilocks stuff. It's Mr. Easton to you.
1: <laughs> telegrams, telegrams.
3: Oh, are you down the deck?
4: Yeah, well, I just wanted to make sure, because these telegrams are from Mickey Mouse.
1: Oh, gee, thanks. Hi, Donald. Hi, here comes Walt. Hi, Walt.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the father of the Disney gang, Grand Knight of the Demolais, Chevalier of the Legion of Honor, holder of countless medals and titles from all over the world, winner of the Academy Award for five successive years... Yeah, I'm a notary public, (laughs) (laughs) too.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, Walt Disney...
0: Uh, thank you, John. Hello, everybody. So this is radio. Right you are, Walt. And welcome to the air. How do you feel about adding a radio program to your other job? Well, it, it's a new field for us. I know we've got a lot to learn. But I think we're going to get a lot of fun out of it. Don't you, Mickey?
1: Yeah. Gosh, look at all these telegrams. <laughs>
0: so you're waiting for some telegrams, too, huh? I'm well, I'll tell you, while we're waiting for Donald's fan mail, there's just one more member of the cast I'd like to have you meet. Hey, Goofy.
1: I'm coming, Wolf. Oh, <laughs> the world owes me a
0: living. <laughs> <laughs> Take your bow, Goofy. That applause is for you. For me? Chucks. I ain't done nothing. <laughs> of course not. They're clapping because they like you. Gosh, do they? <laughs>
2: what, what are you
0: clapping for? Well, I, I like them, too. <laughs> <laughs> say, say, say Wolf, I i bring you an apple. Oh, an apple for me, Goofy? Well, that's very nice. Thank you. It's <laughs> okay. Say, uh, hey, Walt, I'm, I'm going fishing tomorrow. Would you save me the worm? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Goofy. <laughs> and now, one more introduction, ladies and gentlemen. The Silly Symphony Orchestra and its director, Felix Mills, who will play Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater with Minnie Mouse at the piano. <laughs>
1: What are they
0: for? For Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Clara Cluck, sign here.
1: What? For Donald Duck?
0: No, not for Donald Duck.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, what's that whistle for? <laughs> what are you going to do, Donald? Oh, but will will they really bring you a telegram every time you blow the whistle?
1: Sure. <laughs> what?
0: Telegram from Donald Duck. <laughs> service is right. Shall I read it, Donald? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, dear Mag,
1: uh, Mag. Uh... <laughs> oh yes,
0: dear magnificent duck, you are stealing the show. Disney is awful,
1: <laughs>
0: but you are wonderful. You must sing "Let Me Call You Sweetheart" on every program.
1: <laughs> quiet, Donald. Quiet. <laughs> hey, let me finish.
0: <laughs> you are the fiend of the century.
1: Oh, yes,
0: fine. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you are the find of the century. Find your greatest admirer. Bravo,
1: bravo. Oh, <laughs> once
0: is a plenty, Donald. <laughs> oh, sure.
1: <laughs> it
0: sure, Donald. If any more come, I'll be glad to read them.
1: <laughs> Telegraph for Donald Duck. Telegraph for Donald Duck. Telegraph for Donald Duck. Telegraph for Donald, 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 Donald Duck. Hey, hey, stop. Hey, cut it out. <laughs>
0: you must be popular. I? Let me see one of those telegrams. Mm-hmm. Dear Magnificent Duck, you are stealing the show. Disney is, say, this is the same telegram I read before.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> well,
0: it's just like it.
1: Oh, got right. them wholesale. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got them wholesale. Donald, are we going to get more of these telegrams all through the program? Oh, no, <laughs> Telegram for Donald Duck. Hey, give me that whistle. Uh, so what? Donald. What? It is very bad manners to send telegrams to yourself.
1: Who, what? Yes, you. I Are you <laughs> a idea? No,
0: I'm not insinuating. I'm just telling you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Walt. Did you did you find the worm yet? No, Goofy, not yet. Oh shucks. Telegram.
1: <laughs> Hey, Walt, here's one from, oh, boy, gosh, from Lily Pond. Read it, Walt.
0: Let's see, it says, I am sure that in bringing Mickey Mouse to the radio, you are hitting a new high in air entertainment. Greetings to all. Sincerely, Lily Pond.
1: Gee, Walt, that's
0: swell. <laughs> What's that, What? Oh, of course. We'll let you acknowledge Lily Pond's telegram. What do you want to say?
2: Oh, that's
0: swell. ladies and gentlemen, As a tribute to Lily Pond, Madam Clara Clark, our barnyard nightingale, will sing the hit tune from the opera Lock Me. Hey, Wolf. Uh, I still haven't found it, Goofy. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Uh, pardon me, excuse me, uh, but are you Walt Disney? Walt Disney? Walt Disney? Walt Disney? Uh, I'm Walt one is... of them. Which one do you want? Uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> I resent that hick. <laughs> What's on your mind? Well, I've got a telegraph, a telegraph, a telegraph. <laughs> I've got a wire. Uh, <laughs> you weren't born on a merry ground, were you? Oh, no, sir. I was born in Kalamazoo, <laughs> Kalamazoo. in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee, Milwa- Kansas City, <laughs> Kansas City. Try Kansas City. Boston. Boston. <laughs> thanks. Well, I drove out to California. California. I drove out here in an automobile. 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 Try bicycle. Bicycle. Gosh, thanks. Uh, listen, Mr. Disney. Mr. Disney. Mr. Disney. Say, uh, the next time you come around, see if you can get me a brass ring. All right, I'll try. Are oh, you kidding? Say, do you want this telegram? This telegram? This watch? Y- this watch? Y- try y- Western y- Union. Western Union. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome.
1: Why? Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, uh Try telegram Telegram, oh, thanks Oh,
0: that's okay I sometimes have the same trouble myself Myself, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, who's the telegram from, Walt? Uh, let's see Walt Disney, Hollywood Don't forget to plug Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Signed, Walt Disney <laughs> That's just a memorandum <laughs> <laughs> <huh? John
1: Heaston.
0: laughs> For me, thanks John Heaston, Mickey Mouse Program Every time Disney plugs Snow White, you say Pepsodent. It's in our contract. Signed the sponsor. Uh, you mean every time I say Snow White? Pepsodent. But, John, I wasn't even going to mention Snow White. Pepsodent. Snow White. Pepsodent. Peps <laughs> White. I mean, <laughs> Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> no White.
1: Pepsodent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no White.
1: Pepsodent. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw the whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> For once, the duck is right.
1: Um, that's <laughs> the
0: Tonight Mickey Mouse presents from Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs A miraculous gadget known as the Magic Mirror It sees all, knows all (laughs) (laughs) It can take us back into the past to any time or any place (laughs) Mickey and Goofy are carrying the precious mirror over to the microphone (laughs) Now wait a minute, well here it is, look the magic mirror in person. What do you think of it? Oh, well, it looks, oh, looks just like a kind of... Oh, but wait, now wait. Wait till it starts pronouncing the magic word. And you see the green vapor starting to fill the glass. Ooh. And a mask-like face without eyes appears. Mickey, Ooh. give us the incantation.
1: Slave in the magic mirror. Come from the farther space. On wind and flame I summon thee. Speak. Reveal thy face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Voice
0: born on the wind, I hear. I come.
2: Oh God. God.
0: I am thy slave, O master. Speak thy will, and it shall be done. Mr.
2: Miller, if you don't mind. I read
0: your wish, and what I read is good. Step through the mirror. Follow me to Sherwood Forest and to Robin Hood. Hey,
1: he guessed it. Ha <laughs> <Yeah>. ha <laughs> Come
4: through the mirror. Follow me.
1: I'll go first. Hey, I'm through the mirror. Come on, Mickey. Wait for me. <laughs> sure, you're going if I have to kill you. Yes, it's getting lighter. Hey, Sway, where are we? Tis Sherwood Forest,
0: and 700 years ago. Remember, only five minutes
1: dare you stay. Yeah, yeah, Five minutes, or forever must you dwell in Sherwood Forest. Farewell. Over there, Minnie, by the big old tree, it's Robin Hood and his men. Yippee! <laughs> and Nate Marion and, and Friar Tuck and Will Scarlet. Yeah, they're having a banquet. Of... <laughs> yeah, oh, look at, look at them beer mugs. Oh man, what a scuttle of are Yeah, I wonder if we'll with that apple yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not brown ale, you <laughs> 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 well, what's this why a doctor sings
2: okay. what well, make you
0: of this miracle Friar? Dutt? by saint's within robin the tale is
1: bewitched uh, hi everybody hope we're not but men you're
0: welcome my little friends welcome to the wedding feast of robin hood and maid Marian.
1: oh thanks congratulations he returns. Beat my game. <laughs> and to what magic do we owe these blessings in strange disguise? He's <laughs> 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 all done with mirrors, saith the duck. <laughs> Pardon
0: me, my fine feathered friend, but does your voice ever
1: bother you? <laughs> well, it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> in what manner may we entertain you? They, <laughs> they shall entertain us. <laughs>
1: well, uh, we only got five minutes, but anything to please a friend. How about us uh, doing the Brown Octoberan? Gosh. Well, let's put some oomph in it this time, huh? Okay, come on, gang. Come on, Phoenix. Let's win it. Everyone, please, God damn, why? left and then right.
5: little duckling. They are cruel to laugh at
1: one who sings so sweetly. Oh, this is made mary and Donald. And don't get fresh. <laughs> toot? What is this, Toots? Oh, Donald just means he's taken a fancy to you. <laughs> you know how ducks are. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Mary. Those birds in yonder tree are laughing. Ducks that sing and birds that laugh came with us all the way. Yeah, Minnie taught them to sing just like a regular choir.
0: Aye, Maid Marian, even the birds shall celebrate our wedding day. If this great oak be our altar, what more fitting than that birds shall be our chorus. Oh,
5: come on now. Sing kitty. Oh, come on. Fly down to Minnie. (laughs) This little one is my Josephine.
1: Hello, Josephine. And this is Mildred. Oh, now don't be bashful hello. (laughs) And these are my little neckers, my cooing dolls. (laughs) All right now, Miss will start us out with her ukulele. Ready now?
0: before. We've got a lot to learn about radio. All of us. But I think we'll do much better next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please,
0: please, say Wolf. Uh, I'm sorry, Goofy. I ate the whole apple and there wasn't a single worm in it. Oh, shucks. No fishing. What have you lined up for the next show, Mickey?
1: Oh, it's gonna be swell. We're gonna give Snow White a break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well perhaps I'd better explain, John, that the program next week will not be a preview. It's just going to be a page here and there from our storybook with the very wicked queen <laughs> the seven little dwarfs, the handsome prince our lovely little princess Snow White
1: uh, and it
0: wouldn't uh, of course it wouldn't be a Mickey Mouse program without wah, wah, wah. That's right, Donald Duck and all of Mickey's gang and not forgetting our conductor and arranger Felix Mills. Good night and thank you all. At the same time, Pepsodent will present another half hour of fun with the Walt Disney family and the Silly Symphony Orchestra, directed by Felix Mills. More characters, more melodies, more surprises. Let's make it a date right now, next Sunday, at this same time. Don Easton speaking.
1: This is the. You're
0: right, Donald. This is the National Broadcasting
2: Company.
0: The Mickey Mouse Theater, the very first program in the series of 20 from January 2nd, 1938. And I think all of them exist, except, well, the other one does exist, it's just not in general circulation. Uh, The the discs were in bad shape, and therefore they've not been transferred. But the Walt Disney Company uh, has pretty much everything in the archives, so they have a copy of this somewhere. Um, But uh, I'd love to get somebody uh, from the archives on here to talk about some of the Disney memorabilia. We might try and do that before too much longer this year. We'll see how it goes. On we go now to a show called... Little Old Hollywood. I'm not as familiar with this show at all. Walt Disney was the guest. We'll listen to it now from December 12,
2: 1939.
4: Goodness, is this Hollywood? Yeah, babe, this is Little Old Hollywood. Cameras, stars, radio, publicity, names, names, fame, baloney, Tony, phony, autographs, epitaphs, photographs. Hollywood. Hollywood.
3: Yeah, little old Hollywood.
2: Little Old Hollywood.
0: The National Broadcasting Company presents this show direct from Hollywood's Radio City. Sunset and Vine, the crossroads of the show world, featuring Hollywood's oldest young actor, Ben Alexander. The slap happy comedy serial, Two Happy People. The recent Benny Goodman vocalist, Martha Tilton. Night guest, the creator of Mickey Mouse, Walt Disney and the music of Gordon Jenkins. Meet Hollywood's oldest young actor, Ben Alexander.
4: Greetings from little old Hollywood. Greetings from the town where happy dreams come true for a chosen few, while the dreams of a thousand others turn into hopeless nights. Greetings from the town that's always chasing rainbows, little old Hollywood. You're hearing right now, new music on the air. It's from Gordon Jenkins' series of original compositions, Impressions of Hollywood. And this week's tone poem is entitled, Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. Presently, the entire selection will be performed. But now, we open our show with another of those fabulous stories taken from the big book about little old Hollywood. A story that's true. True, because it happened. We shall call it, The Splinter of Glass. It's the amazing story of a hideous accident That sent an Indiana girl into a Hollywood emergency hospital Back home in Indiana Everyone said Jane Peters was pretty And that she had talent And she was pretty But when she came to Hollywood It was a different story The motion picture camera Is as unpredictable as a day in spring It plays strange tricks It distorts, exaggerates, enlarges, reduces compliment and abstract. When Jane Peters was given her first screen test, the camera played mean tricks. The report came back to her, not suitable for pictures, but why, she asked. They told her frankly, Jane, it's your upper lip. The camera makes it seem too long. There was nothing that could be done. That was it. Next evening, she had a date. After the picture show, she and her boyfriend were driving home. As they rounded a corner, an approaching car came at them. They couldn't get out of the way. The lights of the other car were blinding. It skidded, careened, and with a scream of brakes, crashed head-on into the roadster in which Jane Peters was a passenger. That all went silent.
3: Then I saw the boy beside her, front over the
4: wheel. Things began to whir dizzily about her. She felt a warm moistness about her cheek and mouth. Her hand came up to her face. And then she realized that if he was to keep from being scarred for life, she must hold together the deep gash that had been torn by a flying splinter of glass. At the emergency hospital, the boy was quickly revived. But the capable doctor worked long to repair the merciless cut that traced itself across the cheek and upper lip of Jane Keith. Two years later, Jane was given a second screen test by the same studio. This time, the camera was kind. Executives offered her a contract. But what about my upper lip, she asked. They told her, that auto accident was a lucky break for you. Your new screen tests are absolutely beautiful. Today, Jane Peters is one of Hollywood's brightest stars. You'll see her again soon in the new RKO picture, Vigil in the Night. But you won't recognize Jane Peters because you know her by the name of Carol Lombard. It's true, true, because it happened <laughs> Tonight, we have with us a little gal who recently has come back home the little old Hollywood About a year or so ago, she joined the famous Benny Goodman organization Since then, <laughs> she's been killing the people Tonight, Martha Tilton is going to give us an uptown version of a song that was a hit back in 1907, Red Wings. Kick out with that stuff, Martha Tilton. <laughs> there
6: once was an Indian maid, a shy little fairy maid, who sang all the day a love song gay. While on the plane she'd follow every day, she loved a warrior foe. This shy little maid
1: of old
6: But brave and gay He rode one day To the battle far away and Now the moon Heard a band playing Dixieland swing. And in a little while, Red Wings started to swing.
2: You see, she
6: just couldn't help it. She had to join the band. Now, every night, you can hear her cutting up a blanket, and it's really grand.
4: Was little Martha built 95 pounds of rhythmic dynamite. And we hope you come over to play our house again sometime, Marty. And time now for installment number four of Robert L. Red's Slap Happy comedy serial, Two Happy People. In real life, they're Fred McKay and Margaret Tracy. Step up here, kids, while I tell the folks what's happened up to now in the story. Two happy people. The boy, Harvey Doubleday, the girl, Brooke Stewart. On a transcontinental train going east, they meet. They fall in love, but disaster befell Harvey Doubleday. Dressed only in slippers, bathrobe, and pajamas, Harvey spends an evening playing bridge in the next car with Brooke and her mother. While they play, Harvey's car, which is going to New York, is dropped off. All his clothing and personal belongings are gone. He befriends a Mr. Belaski who lends him temporary wardrobe. He looks so ridiculous that he and Brooke quarrel. It is now later that same afternoon, Brooke and her mother sit in their compartment
1: talking.
5: To have loved and lost is better than to have never loved at all. You didn't lose anything when you lost Harvey Doubleday. Millie Hargis used to say, to have loved and lost is better than to have never had it for a fur coat at all. What did she mean, Mother? Millie Hargus was nothing but a little gold digger. I love the men. I just couldn't be a gold digger. Hmm. You'd certainly wear out your shovel before you ever got any gold out of Harvey Doubleday. I I think I detest Harvey Doubleday. Well, you should. And if you don't quit dreaming about him, I'm going to take you off this train at the first stop. I'm going to get you away from that apple knocker. That, Mother, you can never do. You can't fight destiny. Fate has crossed my path with Harvey. You mean double-crossed it. (laughs) Maybe I don't detest him at all. I, I think I'll just let him worry about me the rest of the day, and tomorrow, before we get to Omaha, I'll send him a message. You do no such thing, girl. Oh, but I have to, Mother. My letter will be very dignified and formal. I'll say, um, Dear Harvey. Uh, have you thought of, dear sir? Oh, that's too formal. Oh, uh, I, I think I'll just say, um, Dear Harvey, if you wish to apologize to me, meet me in the club car in half an hour. That's what I'll say. So, who's that? Oh, it's Harvey, Mother. I know it's Harvey. I can tell. I can tell. He's been thinking about me and he's come to apologize. He couldn't stay away any longer. What might I do? What well, I do? don't answer the door. Oh, but I've got to see him, Mother. Here, let me put my head on this pillow and pretend I'm asleep. You answer the door, Mother. I'll answer it. Well, I'll give Harvey Doubleday a piece of my mind. All right, Mr. Doubleday. What do you. Oh. Oh, it's you, Mr. Velasquez.
3: It's not my brother.
5: Uh. <laughs> I thought it was Harvey.
3: May I come in? Or may I not come in, madame?
5: You may not come in. Does that answer your question? Oh,
3: precisely. I take it I'm not welcome.
5: You're not only not welcome, you are most unwelcome.
3: Oh, you confuse me, lady. Uh, would you give me those same lyrics over again, please?
5: Where's Harvey? Be quiet, Brooke. What do you want, Velasquez?
3: My task is short. My task is simple. Since you do not care to look upon me as a friend, then you're obliged to consider me as what you have produce me to. A messenger. Here, I bring tidings. A letter for you, Miss Stewart, from Mr. Doubleday.
5: Oh, no. It's, no, he shouldn't be sending me a message. I was going to send him one.
3: Do you wish to accept this letter? Or, or shall I destroy it?
5: Oh, no, no, let me have it. Thanks. Since you consider yourself a messenger boy, I must speak to you in the traditional manner. Just a second while I get some change out of my bag.
1: Not necessary in the least, madame. Oh, I am
2: pissed.
1: Here, boy, a ten cent
2: Thank
3: you for that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And now, goodbye, you old bat. Oh, I'm all the
1: nerve.
5: Did you hear what he called me? An old bat. I'm not old. <laughs>
2: Please, mother,
5: don't be so emotional. Old bat with the old corpus. I just... What does Harvey say? I'm opening his letter now. Yes. Oh, my very first letter from Harvey. And look at that handwriting. So full of character. See what the dope says, Brooke. <laughs> yes, Mother. Dear Miss Stewart, if you wish to
1: me. Possibly... Oh! Oh! Why, of all the cross. Well, what
5: does he say? Well, he must be psychic. He must have read my mind. Listen to this, Mother. Hmm? Dear Miss Stewart, if you wish to apologize to me. Meet me in the club car in half an hour. You see, Bruce, brother Rat in person.
3: Oh, here you are. Five minutes late. I said in half an hour.
5: I can be as late as I want to.
3: When I say meet me in half an hour, I mean half an hour. In future, keep your appointments with me promptly.
5: Why, you, you can't talk to me like that, Harvey Doubleday.
3: You'll find out. Now, sit down.
5: Harvey! I said, sit down. I'll sit down where I please and when I please.
3: You'll sit down here in this chair beside me. And you, you'll sit down now.
5: Oh, but, but I didn't know you were like this. So, I mean, so, so masterful.
3: So now you haven't met the real Harvey Doubleday. Sit down.
5: Yes, Harvey. Now. Now what?
3: Now go ahead. Apologize.
5: <laughs> Apologize? For what? Don't you talk to me like this, Harvey. I, I don't know whether I like it or not.
3: You like it very much.
5: Do I, Harvey?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: no, 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 not yet, Brooke I didn't mean to laugh then I'm, I'm sorry huh? All right, now you go ahead and apologize
5: But Harvey, I didn't do anything You're the one who should be apologizing to me
3: Look, Brooke, I mean Look here, Brooke I'll give you one minute to, uh, to apologize I'll time you by my watch uh, Just one minute to apologize
5: But Harvey, I've never apologized to a man in all my life One minute
3: starting right now
5: Please, Harvey, dear. Please, dear Harvey. Oh, you can't do this to me. You, you mustn't treat me this way. You
3: know, I have 55 seconds left. It's up to you in this one single minute to settle the fate of our. Of our private world.
5: Oh, our private world. Oh, Harvey, you say such beautiful things to me.
3: 45 seconds.
5: Time to turn back the hands of your watch.
3: No, I haven't got that kind of an adjustment on this watch. <laughs> 30 seconds.
5: Oh, but, but what can I say, Harvey? Uh, tell me what you want me to say.
3: Oh, didn't you slap my face this morning?
5: Yes, and... Oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me.
3: And didn't you bone me out in front of a whole car full of passengers? Just because I was dressed in some funny clothes? These clothes that I had to borrow? I couldn't help it. I did my best. Well, didn't you, Brooke? I,
5: I did, Harvey. I I didn't realize what a predicament you were in. I I only said the things I did because I I love you. Otherwise it wouldn't have mattered. Twenty seconds. Oh, Harvey. I, Harvey, you're so, so dominant and willful and and you frighten me, and and I love it. Oh, I love it, Harvey.
3: Then you're you're willing to let bygones be bygones? Oh,
5: yes, Harvey. We can have such a beautiful life together.
3: Well, then apologize. Go on, say it. Say. I apologize.
5: But I... I never have.
3: Oh, I'll say it, Brooke. Five seconds.
2: I apologize. Oh, you're the most wonderful, wonderful man in the whole wide world. I know it, Brooke. I know it. Oh, I... am so glad to have you back. I'm so happy. So am Oh, <laughs>
3: Hey, hey, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Gosh, I, I hope nobody saw me.
5: Oh, there's is nobody in the courtesy, is Harvey? Oh,
3: I'm glad of that. <laughs> Gosh, it's, it's good to have you back again, Brooke.
5: <laughs> oh, now I know what life is all about, Harvey. Oh, you'll never know how I suffered without you these last few hours. Life was nothing but an empty shell. But you got me back.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I never knew I could handle women so good before. (laughs) Where did you learn? Well, Mr. Belaski's been giving me lessons all afternoon. (laughs) He used to be a traveling salesman man and boy.
5: (laughs) He's nice. I guess then we... We really love each other. Don't
2: we, Harvey? (laughs)
3: Looks like it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh,
3: Brooke, there's nobody else here in the club car now,
5: isn't there? Oh, I mean, no, no, there isn't.
3: I uh, guess everybody's gone for dinner or something. <laughs> uh, Brooke. Yes, Harvey. Lean over the arm of your chair here, will you?
5: How do you mean?
3: That's right, just like that. (laughs) Now, look at me, Brooke.
5: I can't, Harvey. I think something's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
3: It
6: is.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But but when?
6: Right.
3: Right now? (laughs) No. Yes, Brooke. Now?
5: (laughs) Well, hurry, Harvey, hurry.
3: I've wanted to kiss you ever since the first minute I laid eyes on you. Oh, Brooke, darling.
5: Oh,
2: Harvey. <laughs> oh, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey.
3: Oh, Brooke, Brooke, Brooke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, when you kissed me, I saw so millions and billions of stars shooting every which way.
3: Did you? Oh. I think I saw Haley's Comet myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it
2: was wonderful.
5: What did you really feel like, Harvey?
3: Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Guess I felt like I'd been hit over the head with an empty sack. <laughs>
5: well, nothing so grand as this has ever happened to me
3: before. Well, me neither.
2: Hot turkey. I'm gonna kiss you again sometime. <laughs>
4: well, it must be Fun to be young and a little slap happy like Brooke Stewart and Harvey Doubleday, at least you have to be young to make music like this slug of Rachmaninoff's Prelude and C sharp minor brought up to tempo and with Sir Gordon Jenkins himself at the keyboard. <laughs> the inspired and inspiring president of the world's best-known motion picture studio and his right-hand man, Walt Disney and Mickey
0: Mouse. Uh, Good evening, everybody.
2: (laughs) Hi, (laughs)
1: Walt.
4: Oh, it's very good of you to take time off to drop in here tonight, Walt. Well,
0: I'm enjoying it. See, it took me 10 minutes to drive over here. I'll be here 10 minutes, 10 minutes to
4: drive back. That's a half hour. That's a real vacation. I'll bet it is. With all the last-minute work on Pinocchio, you must be plumb. Tuck it out. <laughs>
1: I'll say we are.
4: Oh, well, what have you got to do with Pinocchio, Mickey?
1: Well, uh, well, you see, uh, that is, I, uh, uh... <laughs> uh...
4: I think what Mickey would say, Ben, if he weren't so modest,
0: is that really he is quite largely responsible for Pinocchio. Oh, he is? Well, how
4: come, Walt?
0: Well, if the public hadn't liked Mickey ten years ago there wouldn't have been any Snow White.
4: Oh, and if there hadn't been any Snow White...
0: That's right. Ah. There wouldn't have been any Pinocchio. Walt,
4: well, how does this new picture compare with your first feature?
0: Well, perhaps we'd better let the public answer that, Ben. But naturally, we think it's better. We learned a lot in making Snow White. Uh-huh. We tried to take advantage of our mistakes. For one thing, the animation, I think, is greatly improved. And the characters... Well, take the witch, for example.
3: Oh, how I went
4: overboard for that old witch, Walt. Say, hey, who's your villain in Pinocchio? Villains? Say,
0: I've got seven of them. Seven? Yeah, seven. But none of them are really scary. They're all sort of comic heavies.
4: I think the audience, especially the kids, will like them. Oh, I bet they will. Say, have you got a dopey in Pinocchio? No, no
0: dopey, but we have a whale.
4: A whale? Yes, sir,
0: a whale The a whale. Monstro, I think, is the biggest whale that you've ever seen. He's so big he could swallow
4: the whale that swallowed Jonah. <whistles> Say, tell me, who's this cricket I've been hearing so much about? Oh, Jiminy Cricket. yeah. Well, he's Pinocchio's conscience.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know what a conscience is, don't you, Ben? Uh, a conscience? You know, well, that uh,
4: <laughs> that still, small
0: voice that nobody ever listens to.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'd better listen to my conscience right now and let you get back to the studio. I suppose there's still plenty to do, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Yes, Ben, there's a lot of work in making a future picture like Pinocchio. But it's a lot of fun, too. And if I ever get to a place where I can't have fun doing my work, well, boy, I'm just going to... Hunt for a new job. (laughs) So, good night, everybody, and thanks, Ben, for
4: asking us over. Goodbye, folks. Thank you, Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse, for being with us. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to seeing Pinocchio when it's released in February. Aren't we? The so Fourth in a series of impressions of Hollywood, composed by Gordon Jenkins. This one tonight, an impression of two Hollywood citizens who have done much to make this world a happier place in which to live: Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Years ago, Walt Disney was a poor Kansas City commercial artist. But at nights, home in his garage laboratory, he experimented with animated cartoons. But what for a main character? While he drew and pondered, mice played over his drawing board. One bold little mouse attracted Walt's attention. That was it a lovable mouse, Mickey Mouse. became a national favorite. His fame spread. Soon the whole world grew to love Mickey Mouse. In Japan, they call him Mickey Coochie. In Russia, Mickey El Mish. Please call him Michael Stratofito. In Germany, Michael Malt. While Mickey looked on, Walt started a new venture started making the mirth-provoking, hilarious, silly symphony. Another little old Hollywood, from Sunset and Vine, the crossroads of the show world. Next week, another interesting personality who helps to make little old Hollywood tick. The fifth installment of Robert L. Red's Two Happy People, and the music of Gordon Jenkins. So then, until then, this is Ben Alexander saying, keep your sunny side up, will you? This is the National Broadcasting Company.
0: Little Old Hollywood from December 12, 1939. That'll wrap up Disney Part 2 for this week. We will continue with more Disney next week here on Same Time, Same Station.